When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to The Playlist Podcast, a weekly discussion of films and TV. I'm your host, Charles Barfield, Managing Editor of The Playlist. In this episode, Mike D'Angelo and I recently sat down and spoke with Stefano Salima, the director of the upcoming Amazon action film Without Remorse. For those unaware, Without Remorse is the latest Tom Clancy novel-turned-film and tells the story of John Kelly, played by Michael B. Jordan, a Navy SEAL that finds himself on a quest for revenge after the Russians ambush his team and someone very close to him dies. The film is the first in what Amazon is hoping will be a new franchise with Jordan's character eventually going on to star in a film version of the popular novel and video game series Rainbow Six. In this interview, we speak with Salima, who is probably best known as the director of Sicario 2, Day of the Soldado, about his work on Without Remorse, why he prefers realistic action to John Wick-style gun-fu, and the possibility of a greater Amazon Tom Clancy-verse with a potential John Krasinski appearance down the line. But before I play the interview, I got to tell you that the Playlist Podcast is part of the Playlist Podcast Network, which includes Be Real, The Fourth Wall, Defocus, and more. And if you want to find us, you can check your podcast app of choice, whether that's Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Anchor, Stitcher, or anywhere else you find your favorite shows. Also, recently, the Playlist Podcast released a couple of episodes on YouTube in all their video glory. In those episodes, we discussed The Falcon and the Winter Soldier and interviewed the series director, Kari Skogland. If so, if you want to watch us discuss things instead of just listening to us discuss things, you can do so now on YouTube on the Playlist channel. However, in the meantime, stick around and hear our interview with Stefano Salima. Enjoy. So I would like to thank Stefano Salima for joining us on the Playlist podcast. Talk about Without Remorse. Ciao. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. So, okay, I'm going to start with a little bit of a strange question for you. My wife and I were watching this movie, and we've seen a ton of action movies over the years, right? We're totally used to seeing blood. We're used to seeing body parts fly, all that jazz. But early in this movie, there's a scene where a guy gets hit by a van, and it made us jump out of our seats, and we're, like, startled at, at just how raw it looked. What do you think it is about like watching somebody get hit by a van in, in a way like that, that makes it almost more brutal than like a gunshot? Yeah, I know. But uh, we, I, I put it that scene in that moment exactly for that reason. So to have you jump on your couch. And then, of course, I'm not kidding. It's like it's the moment where literally you are snapped. And then you understand that the movie is going to turn into something that is really serious and in a way dark. And then I felt it was uh, cool to start from, I mean, the normality of him being home and then he go out and then he's being eaten without uh, any cut. Yeah, yeah, that that's the I think the brutal part is that you don't just like do a, a a quick cut after that that impact. It's like you sit there for a second and you're just like, "Whoa." <laughs> yeah. Same thing happened with my wife and I. We both watched it together too. And also if you've seen the trailer for this film, it's clear there's 
kind of a tragedy that gets the plot of the film really moving involving Michael B. Jordan's, uh, the wife of his character. And we've seen this sort of plot device uh, used in action films before, but you make sure to kind of show the actual incident almost off camera or obscured. I'm curious, was this a conscious decision because of either how gut-wrenching it could have been or because this is kind of like a, a touchy kind of character beat or how, how much was this debated in, in the making of the film? No, it wasn't debated at all, mm-hmm. but because the, the entire idea behind the movie was to experience the, the journey of John Kelly in his development in, into John Clark, trying to adopt his point of view. We never change uh, point of view a lot in the movie. And uh, so that way you create and we create a sort of more intimate experience because then everything happened through his eyes. So it was, was more important to, I mean, I use just tiny bit that you understand what is gonna eventually happen because it was more important to not to keep the surprise because it's not correct, but to 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 have more from Michael reaction when it goes to the bed. So the, the entire movie and also the, the action is designed to be uh, watched through his point of view. Yeah, and 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 speaking of the action. The, the situation you're describing with his wife and, and through the action, through the rest of the movie, it's, it's brutal and intense and real, but it's also very tactical and precise. This is like a stark contrast to, to action movies we see a lot of times where you have like a John Wick who's doing, they're almost like dances. There are these elaborate dances where he's knife juggling and, you know, doing all this Kung Fu and flipping around. When John Kelly, on the other hand, he gets in, he shoots first, doesn't waste movements, gets out. Was that something where it was like, did you ever think like, man, I'd really like to do one of those flashy John Wick-esque moments? Or were you like, that's just not true to the story? You know what? I mean, it's like, I basically, it's not that I don't like the action. I don't like the action when it's for itself. I don't like when the action is detached from the reality. I don't like superheroes. I like heroes. So a human being that is pushed over his limit. So I think that it's like, uh, and reality, I feel it's much more interesting than fiction. So I, I want to, I study a lot and then I, I feel you can do and create a big fighting s- sequence without doing a crazy choreography, but you can have uh, Michael B. Uh, Jordan fighting through the stairs uh, in a row with two different guys without stopping. So when he gets out, he's out of breath for real. And he's climbing, not because he's acting, because he, of course he, he was a little bit wounded. So I, I kind of like when the action uh, tells something about the character you want to explore. So it's more interesting to see his reaction to an action, how the action uh, changed him. 
And this, this, I feel it's much more interesting than doing crazy stuff. It's, I think it's, it's a question of taste. I like when the action is grounded and is uh, more as it is for real. The, the Van sequence that you were mentioning, it's like, uh, why you were scared? Because you recognize it's, it's real. And this is how it's happened. You are doing something and then boom, you die. I feel that it's more, uh, it's, uh, it's another way to approach the, um, the fighting, the, the action, the choreography. Is that why you also, uh, I know that the actors, you ask a lot of them to do their stunts or as much as possible. Is it to preserve that sort of realism? But also to help them. I mean, it's, it changed completely because it's like uh, you create a sort of intimate relation between uh, the actor and the action is immersed. And then of course, if you use your actor, you need to shoot the movie almost uh, practically. So I'm trying to avoid as much as possible the VFX. So that way, of course, it's much more complex, but helps the actor in deliver the performance because it's like Michael was really in an airplane that was really rotating, submerged with water. So it's like, uh, I mean, I think it's an help to also for, for actors to deliver their performance of course on the other end you need to prep the, the movie in a complete different way because this is not something you can improvise you need to to have them training you need to create all the choreography trying to be sure that they're going to be safe that it's like a, it's a it's a it's a process but it's i think it's I, i'm never judging i mean because i i kind of like also movies that are more with the fantasy where you are not but i don't i personally don't like it i like when they are grounded and uh, real speaking of the action and the spectacle without remorse was originally set to be distributed uh, by paramount but last year early in the pandemic amazon bought it and uh you know obviously it's coming to the the prime streaming service now so were you concerned about, you know, this big budget action film getting sent to a streaming service without, you know, theatrical release or, or how are you feeling about this? Uh, in- uh, of course, at the beginning, I, I was not upset. I was sad uh, because the movie, it's conceived or the land from everything in the movie, it's conceived to be a theatrical experience. Saying that, we are living a and we did the entire post-production during the pandemic. So we were in, during the pandemic, we were still working. It's a so big tragedy, but even for our industry uh, that is uh, suffering as never probably before, that I'm happy now to be released through Amazon because it's like, uh, it's, uh, it's like to make uh, peace, we say in Italian. I don't know if it makes sense in, in English. So to, okay, this, without remorse, it's a son of our times. But the good is that it's like in this moment when 
people is stacked home, bored and scared by this creepy atmosphere we have around, I think it's kind of cool to, uh, for them to have this sort of gift, a movie that is designed just to be watched in a movie theater, so that has a big scope, that you can watch it with your kids, uh, with your love, uh, while you eat popcorn, and then eventually you can send texts with your friend trying to recreate the atmosphere we have in a movie theater. So I think it's it's just it's simply what it is, and we can we cannot do too much to change it. And we need to take the good part of it, the wider and broader distribution that we are going, and then the support and the love that they put on the movie. Yeah, that's uh, that's very true. It, it, it's not a bad thing to have Amazon backing your movie, that's for sure. <laughs> no, they are, they are supporting the movie, and they did a lot for the movie. So, I mean, it's like once you come back from the shock they says what really but uh, at, at the end of it, i mean i'm i'm pretty happy of everything it's happening at the point that i cannot imagine us releasing the movie outside in the movie theater but i've watched the movie you know, on the movie theater so i know that i can split the difference yeah yeah i, I after seeing I think, it I, I have a pretty good home setup but after seeing it even at home i would i would really enjoy i think that big screen experience with the sounds and everything but one of the names that appears in the credits of the movie that's that's probably going to get fans of of our podcast and our website excited is taylor sheridan uh you worked with him previously on the sicario sequel and oh, I know, i'm sorry oh yeah oh, <laughs> yeah and uh he yeah like i said you worked with him on on day of the soldado and he showed up, I, I think, pretty pretty late in the per, the development of this movie to do some rewrites. So I'm curious if uh, what he brought to the movie specifically, because he does have his own distinct style of story he likes to tell. Absolutely, but he, I mean, we came more or less at the same moment, meaning that uh, when I came in to the project, it was just there was a screenplay written by Sean Ryan. The creator of the ship, and was uh, written in the uh, early nineties. So but we didn't want to to make a, a period uh, movie. So we, we in my pitch to Paramount and to my goal was let's modernize it. Let's do the movie today. And then, of course, my first choice was to ask uh, Taylor to join because I have already worked with him. I, um, I love him as a writer uh, mm-hmm. and then I felt that he was the perfect person to help me in adapt and to modernize uh, a challenging uh, book because of course you, it's Tom Clancy. You, uh, you, you cannot mess around. You need to modernize it, trying to be uh, respectful on the original source uh, and on the, uh, on Tom Clancy's approach in the storytelling. And I wanted to make uh, an entertaining, character-driven movie. And uh, Taylor is perfect. I mean, he, he pays a lot of attention on the psychology of the character. He has a, an, an incredible year for the um, 
for dialogues. And so I was uh, sure that he, he was, uh, so I pitched his, his name to Paramount and Michael and they were like, whoa, yes. Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who would say no to that? Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> and, and we did together, and, and then it was also easier in a way because we already had um, uh, a relationship uh, through another movie, so he already know me, and vice versa. Yeah, and and so for a lot of people who sit down and watch this movie, they're going to expect like this big action movie led by Michael B. Jordan that takes place in that Tom Clancy world. And this film definitely has those elements, but the actor that stood out for me and was like shocking was as soon as he unmasked himself, I'm like, is that Brett Gelman? Without getting into spoilers, I have to ask how he got involved specifically because Brett Gelman is known for comedy. Uh, was this uh, like, yeah, how, how did he get involved in this role? Uh, I casted him just because I like him. He's and great. then I felt it was a sort of uh, kind of a, in unpredictable choice. Yeah. Somehow yeah. could be interesting. And then he did a wonderful job. Yeah, no, he does. And 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 again, we can't get into too many spoilers, obviously, but uh his role is pretty pivotal in the movie. And yeah, when you see him and, and he has he has one scene in particular where you're like sold that Brett Gelman is is not just funny guy, he's a serious actor. So yeah. Absolutely agree with you. He did so, a really great job. Yeah, he did. So I read that you began your career as a, a cameraman for news organizations, and you were kind of out in the field a lot, uh, you know, seeing some probably some bad stuff, I assume. I'm wondering if you could speak to maybe how that experience has influenced, you know, you've done like Sicario now, you did 000, you've done now uh, Without Remorse. Has that experience seeing real life stuff in, uh, affected how you shoot these movies and TV shows? Yeah, probably yes, and most of all, how I approach them. Uh, because uh, for a reporter, it's really important to report what you are living, what you are seeing, without uh, dirty it with your uh, point of view, with your moral judgment. That of course you are a human being when you are in a, during a war or a crazy situation, you are going to emotionally react to it but this emotion you need to to force to have a, a sort of step back and to just describe what's happening so real trying to be accurate honest in good faith and not judging anything you're watching that's the, the goal for a reporter and this is more or less what I do in uh, the movie making I'm not uh, afraid to uh, go in different words I want to study them so I respect uh, a, a new world that when I approach to a, a movie to me it's a new world I, I need to know everything about like a journalist does. I need to speak, in this case, with a soldier, with a people in Washington, with politicians. I need to understand how they move, how they speak, so how, how it works. And then storytelling-wise is the same. I never judge my character. I try always to create a character that it, it's, 
it has all the contradiction and the complexity of a real uh, human being without judging him. My, my goal is to get to the point where you understand the point of view of everybody involved in the movie, even the villain. That's my goal. And in the, in the case of without remorse, without doing the, the spoiler, it's the same. You get there and you say, okay, yeah, it, it makes sense what you did. And then I think this comes from that experience. So that it's like you try not to, to take the audience with and and say, oh, I want to explain you my point of view. It's more to, I'm, I'm going to put together some pieces and you're going to judge. It's the, uh, the honor to express a moral opinion on, it's, it's yours. Mm -hmm. And it's no secret that Amazon is looking for this to become kind of a larger franchise, or as we're calling it, the Clancyverse over here. Uh, ha having already greenlit like a Rainbow Six film, uh, how did you approach knowing that, you know, this was kind of an episode one of the franchise? Was that something that you had in your head or, or anything that was in mind for the, from the beginning? I mean, we knew we knew it from the beginning because without remorse is the book without remorse. It's the origin story for John Clark, or better, John Kelly. How he evolves in John Clark that drives uh, to the second uh, book he wrote, Tom mm Clancy, -hmm. that is uh, Rainbow Six. So we already knew that this was the natural evolution of uh, the story but of course i think we should wait a second of course the end of everything <laughs> yeah so uh again without spoilers just one quick thing we would be remorse or uh, remiss if we didn't uh, ask this jack ryan is obviously the character everybody mentions when they think tom clancy from the movies at least um he plays a pivotal role in Rainbow Six without, you know, spoiling anything for 30-year-old books. But um, what do you think about Jack Ryan possibly showing up in the future? Is that something you're thinking? And, and, and in, you know, you have Amazon's Jack Ryan right there. You could pull John Krasinski and be like, all right, you're, you're in. I don't know. We, we haven't really spoke yet about it. I think that could be an eventuality. It could be also cool, even though we designed and we developed the project to be in his own universe in the Tom Clancy's one, but uh, who knows, could be in the future. Great. So yeah, we have to wrap up, like I said, but I want to, again, thank you, uh, Stefano Salima, for joining us on the Playlist podcast, talk about Without Remorse. Uh, it's a fun movie. So thank you for joining us. Thank you to you. Uh,